Well, this morning uh, is our Vision Sunday at the start of the year. Well, I know it's not the start of the year, but when we get going for the year, uh, when school term sort of gets back into things, uh, we like to just share where we believe God is leading and guiding his church uh, for, for the year ahead. It just gives us something that we can grab hold of that helps shape what we do in our ministry lives, in our serving lives, in our preaching roster, things like that. And before we get into that, I just wanted to say that this is a vision for everybody. And so we're going to do the intro for this while all you kids and all of you kids helpers that head out in a moment are in. Because we really think that this is important and this involves you kids as well. Because we really believe that God has a purpose and a plan for you kids uh, in the life of this church. And we're going to be unfolding that a little bit later on as well. So uh, for you watching at home or if you're in here with us, before we get into kind of launching what our vision is, I'm going to hand over to uh, Dan Potter, who's on our leadership team, and he's just going to share uh, where we've come from and seeing the progress of where God has called his church and has been leading his church up until this point and why we are excited that we're building on the work that he has already been doing amongst us. So I'm just going to hand over to Dan, who's at home, and he's going to uh, just share briefly with us. Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, Dan here from the leadership team, and I'm really excited to be sharing with you on this Vision Sunday for 2022. And uh, as Sam comes to present uh, what we feel the Lord is calling us in the next year, I thought it'd be good just to reflect on the last three years and uh, some of the visions that have been cast um, leading up to this one. And so if you recall, uh, three years ago, we painted a picture of this puzzle person, the idea of a body made up of many colourful parts and each of those parts representing the unique gifts and skills and that you would find your niche to be part and play a part in the body of the church. And so uh, we we knew that that uh, was from God, and we, we just really wanted to see each person um, yeah, functioning in a way that they were comfortable with, that, that they felt that the Lord was calling them in, and not being something that they're not, or, or potentially operating in a way um, that made them uncomfortable. But at the same time, we knew that we needed to be able to operate in the depth of who we are in the Lord. And so the next Sun Vision Sunday, we presented the idea of going deeper and, and had a picture of roots going down deep, this tree that had the depth of knowledge of who we are in, um, in, in God. And so that was a really important time to ensure that any works or outworking in a body is grounded in the faith and grounding in, in the position of who we are in Jesus. So uh, that was really important. And then last year, uh, we painted a picture that we need to actually also step out. So we can't all be introverted and uh, hold on to um, our theology. We actually have to practically outwork it. And so this concept of reaching out and stepping up the ladder to pick the fruit and be part of an engaged community and so that is the uh, the third picture that Sam shared. And I think you'll agree it's been an extremely difficult couple of years. Uh, and it may have felt at times that it's been hard to actually outwork some of that. 
But nevertheless, we believe that God has put a call on us as a community church to reach the community, to grow in his numbers and to spread the love of God in his kingdom. So we're really excited to share with you uh, this morning and that I believe you will be able to latch on to this vision and purpose and have hope that uh, God has got really good things planned for us as a community and that we're going to move forward um, in a positive way. So uh, I'm going to hand over to Sam now and I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to share. Thanks very much. Bless you guys. Thanks, Dan, and uh, hello to you at home, having to isolate at the moment. Um, So I don't know about you, but when you think about how someone comes and and hears from God and has a vision for a church, you might picture maybe a Moses moment where the pastor climbs the mountain and at the top the glory of the Lord shines around and a big booming voice comes down and gives the pastor the vision and then he comes down full of joy and passion to share the picture with the people. That's not what happened uh, this year. (laughs) In fact, it's actually quite the opposite and I want to share humbly uh, with you where and how this uh, picture, this slogan came about. It was actually in a time uh, of quite uh, honest reflection and disappointment. Um, I was thinking back through last year and our vision to reach out into the community. And obviously, there are so many restrictions and things that happened amongst us last year and the last couple of years that's made it very difficult uh, to maybe outwork that particular vision. And have you ever prayed an honest prayer to God, and it's okay to pray this sort of prayer, where you say, what was that all about? You say, where were you in that? Did we get that right? We felt like you called us to something and didn't quite see it materialise. Did, did, did we hear wrong? Were you not active? Have you ever had those sorts of prayers in your life? Well, at the end of last year, at the start of this year, I was, I was reflecting a bit like that. And in a moment of devotion and, and prayer, I was asking a question and I, I said these words, did we actually make a difference? Have we actually made a difference? And as those words were uttered, I felt like an audible voice of the Holy Spirit saying, despite the circumstances, you're called to make a difference. We as a church, as individuals and corporately, are called to make a difference. It's not about waiting for things to get to normal. Who knows what normal is going to be? Maybe this is the new normal forever. It's not a sense of going, well, I'm going to just wait and hold on to until things... Uh, out there, sort of back to some sense of normality. No, if we look at the early church, if we look at what the, the scriptures say about the church, we are called, despite whatever circumstance we're in, if we look at the early church, man, they were under some big persecution, and yet they made a difference in that world for the kingdom of God. And so that's what we're excited to share for this year. We're we're going to be looking at what it means for us individually 
and as a church to be making a difference, to be making a difference. And we're going to be unpacking that a bit later on in the service, but we just wanted to share the first bit of that with you, uh, and particularly you kids, because we want to do some things in our church that makes a difference in your life. We want to do some things in the church that makes a difference in our volunteers' lives. And we're, we're really excited about that. Just quickly, um, before the kids head out and come down for a, a spot, just want to share that we have and set up an Insights leadership team um, last year. And, we're, and these guys are super excited about uh, we're outworking this vision to come together and to make a difference in the life of our church. And so you can see the names of the people there. This is kind of like a, the engine room of the church. We're going to be meeting monthly and as a team uh, leading the church on in what it means to make a difference uh, in our lives and in our world. Now, we also have an oversight team. And as you can see, uh, it's a bit blank at the moment. Uh, there's been a number of people who have stepped down off of our oversight team. This is more of a spiritual uh, leadership of the church. And we're looking at adding a few names to that. So we just wanted to communicate to you uh, that that's going to be um, unfolding. And once that team is set up for this year, we'll communicate that to you so you know who our oversight team is. I'm going to hand over to Joe now. He's going to continue on and share a few other things, particularly in the lives of our kids. Hello, hello. Oh, it's so nice to see a full church. And welcome and hello to everybody if you're joining us at home. My name's Joe, and really excited this year. I'm going to put it down here and then I probably won't be able to actually read it. I think I'm at that age. So we have got a number of changes in the life of our church this year that we wanted to share with you on Vision Sunday. And one of those is a more regular communication of upcoming diary dates. Now, some of those are definitely going to be, fingers crossed, let's hope everything goes smoothly and we're just planning that this is what we're going to be able to do. But as you can see up behind me, we've got our monthly insight meetings and we've also got our regular Thursday, third of the Thursday of the month prayer meetings at the church. And the other thing that we've got up there are our night services. Over probably from October, November last year, we began to have a series of evening services once a month at the church. They were such encouraging times, an opportunity for people to come, spend a bit of an extended time in worship and prayer. But what was really great was that the Holy Spirit was active during those evenings. There were words of knowledge, words of encouragement, prayers together as a community. And so we really encourage you to set aside those times, have those diary dates, take a quick screenshot if you need to, so that you can make sure that you've got those in your diary and, and prioritising those opportunities to gather together. Last, who's creative with coming up with names for things? Can you put your hand in the air and I'll come and chat to you afterwards? Uh, names? Somebody? Anybody? Okay, we have got Levi. I'll come and chat with you. This says, March the 6th, all in service. Something that we are looking to do across our kids and tribe ministries on a Sunday morning is about every five weeks, everybody, just like right now, stays in for the service. 
Now, that might be parents just going, right, those would be the ones to miss. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. Those are the ones to come to because your kids and youth are going to be involved integrally throughout the service. We know that God, as Sam was saying before, has blessed all the members of our church and given us gifts and skills. And kids have got gifts of hospitality and leading and teaching and praying. And we want to see our children and young people operate in those gifts in the life of our church on a regular basis. So you're going to see a lot more of the kids being involved. Some of that will be in a mentor capacity. So we've got a prayer time. The person who's regularly on prayer that Sunday will have a youth or a young person with them praying alongside them. And in that way, it's not just modelling, it's actually involving. And so that's my heart for our kids' ministry, is that our children are involved in an organic and dynamic way in every aspect of our church family. So look forward to those all-in services. We're going to be having the kids involved, whether that's with the morning tea side of things, um, but everybody will come in together and have an active role in that. So look out for those. At the moment, they're called all-in services. Let's change that name, Levi. You and I, yeah? Work out a new name for all in services. And the first one will be on March the 6th. The great thing about that as well is that we'll be incorporating family-friendly, but not just family events. So following on from that all-in service, they'll be a bit shorter, and we'll be planning to do something together following on from that. So the first one is going to be bring your own lunch at Watunga Botanic Gardens, and then we've got things like sausage sizzle or our big day in with pizzas and board games when it's wintry and wet. So all of those activities to build fellowship and relationship in the life of our church will be uh, tagging those on to those all in services so that you can come as a family, participate as a family, and all together we'll be getting to know each other and seeing God's gifts at work. So hopefully that's exciting. We can't wait. The great thing about that as well is it frees up some of our volunteers who are heavily involved on Sunday mornings to be in the church on a more regular basis as well. So we're looking forward to that to be able to free up some of our volunteers who do an awful lot. Now, kids, can I invite you to come down to the front, please? Before you go out to your programs today, we have got a couple of things to talk about. So come down the front because I'm going to need you here. And for those of you who aren't aware, we have got so many kids in our church. And that has been a history and a heritage that God has blessed us with. So if you have a look up here, we've got babies and toddlers. And they are any time from birth through to around three years old. That's a little bit of a flexi number. Because then our preschoolers are, again, that flexi number of about three through to the end of kindy in our preschool room. Oh, and preschool program. Up your hop, Archer. Good job. Thanks, Ahana. And then we've got our primary kids, which are foundation through to the end of year five, and then tribe, which is year six to year nine. So the first three groups all meet down the corridor in the rooms that you'll see on your right-hand side. The tribe kids are able to sign themselves in, and they'll head straight out the front doors to be able to go up to the coach house building. We've got a really exciting thing happening this year because we've got a lot of new year sixes who are moving in from primary into our tribe program, about six or seven kids. So that is really exciting to see that group grow this year. Okay, now kids, do you remember when Kerry was leading the primary program? Because she left me with something. It's just over here. I might actually even need a hand with... So she left me... 
gosh, can I have a hand? Could you, Darby, could you help me with that? It's pretty heavy. It's pretty, oh gosh, you're, yeah, see, it is heavy. Oh, okay, so Kerry left me with a bag of stuff. She said, right, you're on primary, here you go. I went, what? She said, no, really, what's in here? I don't know. Lucas, can you come and help me for a second? Is that all right? So she's left... There's a lot in here, because there's actually a lot that goes on in that primary program, I've discovered. Awful lot that goes on. Your kids learn here. Well, there's nothing in that bit. All right. What about in this one? Can you see something that's blue in a rectangle box? Because you kids do a lot of things out there. Can you pull that out for me? What's that? I did have a quick look through it. Can you open that up? Do you have a guess of what it is? Does anyone know what that might be? Who, what was that? A flute. Do you play the flute, Fletcher? No. Oh. Well, that's okay. Can you open it up for me? It might fall out, so I'll put it down flat. It's got these, it's like a suitcase, like an old school suitcase. That's it. Can you, it is the tiniest suitcase ever. It's actually one of those things that you put together and it's a lot longer and it wouldn't fit in unless it was. Have you guys seen a flute before? Okay, so there's, you're right, Fletcher, there's a flute in there. Does anyone play the flute? No, oh, Kathy, Nadine, ah, oh, see, this is working so well, and Lisa, fabulous. The re I also play the flute, but the reason we've got a flute in here, and a stick, what's that for? Cleaning rod, not just a stick. Okay, <laughs> okay, we've got a flute in here because... I reckon there are some people in our church who can play instruments really, really well. Have you guys heard how well they play? And Andrew does drums sometimes, amazing musicians. Do you know what we're going to have in our primary program? We're going to have these musos coming out and doing live worship with us on Sunday mornings. How cool is that? So once they've come and done worship here, we'll get set up in our primary program and then we're going to have some of the musos come out. The reason for that is because if... If our leaders have to do all the things that are in here every single week, it's a big, heavy load. So what my heart is for our kids' ministry this year is for everybody to be able to play a small part in their sweet spot. So those people who are really good musos can come out and join us and lead us in worship. Is there anything else in here, Lucas? Can you see something, something else in there? There's a book. Do you want to pull it out? Is it a particular type of book or just like a choose your own adventure? It's kind of choose your own. Do you know what it is? It's a Bible. Fabulous. So another part of what happens in our primary program is that we have people who share God's word with the kids and help them to apply it in their lives. And what we're hoping to do this year is have you guys, yep, you guys, coming out partway through Sam's sermon for a 10-minute spot to teach our kids the Word of God. And my desire this year is for us to be looking at particular character traits, and we're kicking off with courage, being brave, having God's courage in our lives. It's all the way through the Bible, and that's what we're going to be doing with people who are coming to share their stories where God has blessed them or helped them or strengthened them in situations. And I can't wait for all of the adults and young people to come out and share and get to know the kids better and the kids to get to know you better as well and hear some of your stories. What else is in there? Football. A football. Anyone sporty? Yes. Oh, see, we need some people from over here. So our kids' activities as well. So some of those might be craft things. I think we've got a pencil case in here. 
But some of the craft things or other things that the kids are involved in, again, in our primary program, that traditionally has been part of the responsibility of being a key leader. So you've got to have the craft organised and the food organised and the and the, um, the music and the teaching and all of those different parts to juggle as well as relating with the kids. So what we're wanting to do is spread that load out. And that's one of the reasons for having Rennie Moore on board as part of our admin team so she can help behind the scenes prepping. I reckon that's going to get a workout later, Lucas. <laughs> so prepping and preparing those resources so that as leaders you can come in and have a much lighter load on a Sunday morning. So that's what we're looking to do, a few of the changes that will be happening over 2022. And I can promise you one thing, they won't all happen at once but they will happen. So over uh, the next couple of weeks, you'll hear me coming and chatting to you about having people involved in speaking out with our primary um, kids in that teaching spot. And we're going to have live worship this morning, which I'm really excited about. I think that's pretty much it. Is that right? Bit of youth as well. Youth for this year starts at year six. It's going to be on Friday nights fortnightly and we're thrilled to have Sam and Adam Lehmeyer and Kiara Price as our key leaders in that role. They meet regularly at the church on even weeks. So those year six kids who have moved up to Tribe this year, you'll also be coming to youth on alternate Fridays and we're so looking forward to that. So look out for a program this week in the mail. I think that's about it. That's it now, yeah? Okay. Great. So if I can just pray for our kids and we will head out to our program. So close your eyes because that helps us to concentrate, helps us to focus and switch off some of the things that are happening around us. Lord, we want to thank you for the kids that are part of our church and the youth that are part of our church. And we pray your abundant blessing and protection over them this year. We pray that in every aspect of these uh, ministries that you have set up and that you sustain, that your word would be proclaimed, that the children would come to know you personally for themselves, that they would come to trust you, that they would come to know what it is to walk with you, and for you to be leading and guiding them and strengthening them in every part of their lives so that they make a difference in their schools, they make a difference in their kindy, they make a difference as they move into workplaces. We thank you for the gift of our children. May we never take that for granted. And may we always be having our eyes open to how we can encourage them and speak into their lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So though, I think that's it that's in there. Yeah, I reckon. I hope so. Socks in there. Are you kidding? Oh, I'm not surprised, but... So what we're going to do is have the babies and toddlers, if you're going to head out with Lisa, and then we've got our preschoolers and our primary kids as well. Tribe, if you go to the end, you'll be able to uh, go up with your leader who's in me this week. And thank you. Morning, everyone. In Scripture, we consistently see that we're told to rejoice in the Lord. For example, in the Old Testament, we read in Psalm 97, rejoice in the Lord. In the New Testament, in Philippians, we again, and we again read, rejoice in the Lord always. Already in this service, we've used the word joy twice in our worship, and we've used the word rejoice once in our worship. 
And in Galatians, we read that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. Rejoicing is a biblical command, and it doesn't leave much room for not rejoicing. I haven't felt much like rejoicing lately, probably a consequence of being the COVID marshal for two years. <clears throat> but I thought prompted that we should pray about joy and rejoicing today. So please join me as we pray. Father, forgive us, we pray, when we seem to be Christians just going through the motions, or worse, when we're grim-faced Christians. Forgive us when our lack of joy discredits Christianity, discredits you and denies your glory. Forgive us with our excuses, our COVID uncertainty, our busyness, our family pressures, our health, especially given what we know about the joy and rejoicing expressed by the early Christians when they were persecuted, in prison and under threat of death. Father, forgive us when we fail to rejoice because the world defines us as Christians by that failure. Father, help us please not to confuse joy and rejoicing with happiness. Help us, help us understand that happiness comes and happiness goes depending on the circumstances. But we thank you that true joy is a gift from you that allows us to rejoice in you always. Father, help us to understand that if rejoicing is your command and it's your gift, then that has to mean that joy and rejoicing is possible for every one of us. We thank you for this good news in today's world of mess and misery and sin and suffering. Thank you that we can rejoice in Jesus today, tomorrow and forever. Thank you that we can rejoice in who Jesus is what he has done and what he will do. Thank you that we can rejoice in the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has wiped away our sin, that he's risen from the grave. He now reigns as our eternal saviour, Lord, King, and that he will transform us and trans take us as his subjects and servants to be with him forever. Thank you that we can, we can rejoice and fix our eyes on Jesus, who is our treasure, he who gives us deeper, purer, sweeter, more lasting pleasure and gladness than anything this world has to offer and that the din and distresses of this life cannot drown out. Father, we thank you that we can also rejoice in our Christian brothers and sisters. We thank you for the work that Jesus has done in them, is doing in them now, and that he will bring to completion in and through them on his return. Help us rejoice when we see you open people's eyes to the beauty of Jesus when the gospel is preached, and especially with our young people. Help us rejoice when we see you answer our prayers for victory over sin, help in trials and healing from sickness. Help us rejoice when we see people maturing in their love and holiness and knowledge of you. Father, help us rejoice in you always including the times of pain and suffering. Help us remember your promise that one day weeping will turn to joy and that as Jesus suffered before his glory, so must we. Help us not to be bogged down by circumstances, 
but rejoice in our Saviour who will make all things new, who will never disappoint and who will surely deliver. Help us not to complain and lose sight of our all-sufficient Saviour. Father, help us experience joy in this place as we pray and praise and worship you. And help us experience joy outside this place by keeping our mind's eye fixed on Jesus. Father, teach us not to rejoice just on Easter Sunday. Show us and encourage us for our rejoicing to become more and more infectious, infectious day by day. And may our joy in Jesus be the chief symptom of that infectiousness. Bestow more joy on us, Father, we pray. May the hallelujahs ring out in this place and in our lives. May we rejoice, rejoice. Again we pray, rejoice. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You guys keep going. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. I want to be infectious. Did you pick that up in that prayer? (laughs) I want to be infectious for Jesus. And that's our prayer that our rejoicing, our joy in him would overflow out of us uh, this year and make a difference in the world around us. Who's excited about making a difference this year? You. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I shared a word on uh, seeking first the kingdom of God. And I said in that, at the start of the year, normally there's a, a yeah, we got the start of the year. But felt like it was a bit more of a, I want to turn that, turn that around this year and turn, use the joy and the rejoicing and all that he has done for us to not be a year, but a yeah, yeah. Despite the circumstances, despite whatever happens, and who knows what's going to happen? We don't, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But if we keep just waiting and waiting for something to change and might be, might be years, who knows? We're called as a church to make a difference and, and to live our lives accordingly in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. So that's what this morning is about. I'm just going to unpack what it means to make a difference. This isn't necessarily a, a sermon as such. It's just a, a talk to share uh, our heart as a leadership team about what does it actually mean to make a difference? When you say making a difference, like, give us some practical steps here. What, what is it going to look like? And so I want to just unpack that with you this morning. But I want to begin with a, uh, with a question who here, raise your hand if you want your life to count for something. Raise your hand if you want your life to count for something in this world, yeah? I think that's because built into who we are, 
who we are created to be is a sense of wanting to make a difference in the world. That's the way we're designed. Uh, if you didn't put your hand up, we have a prayer room after the service and we'd have some people who would love to pray with you and help you through uh, that. But within each and every one of us is a calling, a purpose, and it's the way God's made us to be. In Ephesians, it says that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece, and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. And I love this version, the ESV, that says that we should walk in them. We are created for good works. We're not just created to work. We're not just created to do and to function, to have our being. We're created for more than that. There is a purpose and a a reason behind your existence in this world, and that is to make a difference in the world around us. You are created for good works. Not just works, but good works, to partner with him, to participate in the kingdom work of the gospel, making a difference in the world. You are. Now, when we think about wanting to make a difference in the world, we might go, well, that's up to the world leaders, Uh, that's up to the mega church pastors, or that's up to the skilled, that's up to the gifted. But no, Paul is saying, you, you are God's workmanship, and that you are created to make a difference. It's why you're here. You're not just here to be born, to go through school, maybe go to uni, get a job, have a house and a car and a family, retire and pass away. I think many people pursue that. That's what life is for them. Life in Christ is not that, but we were created for so much more and we were designed to make a difference. There's a verse in Hebrews uh, that I've, I've just been reflecting on, uh, particularly in this COVID uh, environment. And it's the, the verse that talks about let's not, let's not give up on meeting together. Let's not give up on gathering together as many are in the habit of doing. And as I was thinking about this verse, I was, I was pouring over it again. And I was thinking about it in the context of how we do church in the midst of all that's happening around us. And I thought, how interesting, in the lines before that, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Isn't that interesting? Then it says, not giving up on meeting together. So the context of the purpose of meeting together is to stir one another up to encourage one another, to help one another, to help each other to be accountable to this calling that we are called to make a difference in this world. Now, I want want to um, talk about, first of all, what isn't making a difference? What isn't making a difference to help define it? What isn't making a difference? So if we think about the, the term making a difference, we could, we could use that in many sort of uh, scenarios and situations, but there is kind of a colloquial 
said that word right, uh, meaning behind making a difference, which isn't in the negative sense, because we can make a difference in a, in a bad way. There's been pe- plenty of people in the world who have <laughs> made a difference for all the wrong sorts of reasons. But when we talk about making difference, we're talking about it in the positive light, in, in moving forward, in growing, in transforming, in, in uh, adding value to, to those around us. In fact, if we look at Scripture and if we think about the language of Scripture, not just particular verses, but if we look at the types of, of, of words and, and particularly in Paul's writing, we see, we see a lot of things about growth. We see a lot of things about running races. We see a lot of things about transformation. We see a lot of things about new creation, of God doing a new thing, of, of moving us forward. So there's this sense of making a difference which is, is positively moving us from a point where we are to a point where God is calling us to, and it's in a positive sense. In fact, in Philippians, an example of this, be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. So there's this sense that we are to be called to be more and more like Christ in our discipleship walk with him. And so there's this transforming, there's this sense of a work being done in us, which is progressing us it's moving us forward it's not we're not stationary and we're not going backwards so when we talk about making a difference it's not just just making a difference for whatever sake it's making a difference in adding value in in partnering with him in moving us individually or as a church forward in the things of God another thing that it isn't it is not the uh, pursuit of good works for the sake of our own striving and our own pride. We might say, uh, well, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that we're saved by grace and it's, it's not by works that we're saved, but it's by grace. So why are we going on about doing something? Uh, well, in, in James, James actually clearly says that faith without works is dead. And what he's actually saying is that when we understand grace, when we understand what Jesus has done for us in taking upon our sin upon himself, dying on that cross, being raised to life to free us and to give us new hope in him and to give us an eternal future and and home and 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 a future that cannot be taken away. It is sealed and it's done and it is finished and it is complete and it's the finished work in him. Yet not I, but through Christ in me, which we sang this morning. When we understand that, when that takes a hold and a grip of our lives, we can't but help overflow out of that goodness that he has done in us and want to partner with him and, and initiate and work in the church towards the good deeds. So making a difference isn't my efforts, my striving, trying to please God, doing the right moralistic thing in order to be the right person. Making a difference is in response to the grace that Jesus has placed on our lives and wanting to follow him as Christ's disciples into the world and into what he is calling us into, being made more and more into his likeness. Yeah, thank you. So that's what it's not. 
What is making a difference? It is living out your calling. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. So making a difference is living out that calling in every moment of every day. It's adding value to what God values most. Do you know what God values values most? People. God doesn't care about buildings. He doesn't care about systems and organisations. He doesn't care about um, what we build and manufacture and make. His primary concern is people. And we see this in the way that he gave up his son for humanity. And we see this in Jesus' own life when he prioritised people as he ministered to them. So seeing the opportunities that he places before us each and every day and acting on them. It's not, what can't I do? It's not, this is in my way. This is no longer able to happen. It's, despite all that, what can I do? What difference can I make? How can I participate in it? Um, Carol Sullivan led... uh, a program called Prayer Evangelism that we um, talked about. And as part of that, uh, we shared this video about the domino effect. And I just wanted to share that video again with you this morning because as I was reflecting on what it means to make a difference, I thought this particular illustration is a great example because I think maybe some of us think making a difference is... We've just got this massive, big, huge thing uh, in front of us that we're, we're thinking to do. But making a difference maybe might just be in the small thing. Might be in the small little tweak. May, might be in an encouragement. It might be in giving a word to someone. It might be participating in something that might be something small that actually has a larger effect. So we're just going to show that. Thanks. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. That was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. Let's see it in slow-mo. Question. (laughs) You see, I think... Sometimes in our view of what it means to make a difference as a church, we're going after the big domino. And there might be times when that is the the call and together as a team, we're able to achieve much. 
but maybe we need to have a rethink about the small domino and the small things that we can do in each other's lives to make a difference. As talking about before, about this sense of progress and moving forward, if, if the wall over there was where God has called me and designed me to ultimately be, and, and if I'm here now, you know what? That step forward is still making a difference as that is. So it's not so much about how big or how small, it's about what we are called to, to make a difference. So I just want to quickly talk about three particular areas in which we can make a difference. Uh, And the next three weeks at church, we're going to unpack these more in a more of a kind of biblical sermon uh, sort of a way. So we're going to take these three points, these three applications of making a difference, and over the next three weeks, we're going to go, we're going to be digging deeper. So the, um, oh, actually, before I get to that, I was thinking about this um, this sermon, and I was I was at the Seton for the the um, CFC together, and uh, in the toilets they've got a whole heap of quotes and sayings, and I was pretty amazed that as I was thinking and dwelling over this. This was one from Theodore Roosevelt. Do what you can with what you have where you are. I love that. And then I moved along, and the next one from Martin Luther King said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't talk, walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. That's that sense of making a difference and moving forward in him. So... One of those areas is making a difference in our personal lives. How can we make a difference in our personal lives? Now, after the count of three, I want you all to say the question on the screen. Okay? One, two, three. Well, I'm glad you asked that question, church. Thank you for asking it. It's a really important question that we we ask. A couple of ways in which we can make a difference in our personal lives. Now, obviously, the first one is our devotion to, to God. How can we, in 2022, even if it's a small step, make a difference in our in our Bible reading, in our prayer life, in our desire to go deeper with God? Now, I don't know about you, but this reminds me of a vision we had two years ago, going deeper in the things of God. So we want to make a difference this year in 2022 by going deeper again into the things of God in our personal lives. Now, each and every one of us has got an area to grow in this. In this. Each and every one of us can make a small step or a big step towards growing in our intimacy with God, in our devotion to him in our pursuing of him, like I said a few weeks ago, that number one priority is seeking first the kingdom of God. So we can make a difference in in our discipleship walk, in a a personal revival of of the heart, as we want to grow and be more and more like Jesus. And the second part is in our relationships with others in our personal lives. Many of us uh, have uh, relationships, uh, have um, co-workers, have family members 
that we can personally make a difference in that, in that uh, situation. Uh, the Bible calls us to be in the ministry of reconciliation. And there are many situations, uh, broken down situations perhaps, where out of our devotion to God, our, our effect and devotion to others, uh, we can make a difference in that area. And that is our slogan as a church, loving God and loving others. We can make a difference in both of those areas in our personal lives. Second area we can make a difference is in our church. We can make a difference in our church. Now, this is going back three years ago to our vision of Puzzle Person, where we encouraged everyone to find their sweet spot, to find their gift, to find the way that they can participate, which they can be a part of the body of Christ, and that together we can function as a fully functioning church. And so we can make a difference by finding those moments or those areas of ministry. Uh, we can discover our gifts. We can find areas of service that need help. Jo mentioned them before. She had a bag that was heavy. We want to lighten that load. And if everyone plays their part, we're able to lighten that load by everyone participating. So we can make a difference in the church by going, you know what? I'm going to step up. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to find my fit. I was talking with Joe Habermill, who is our state CRC director at a conference, and I was just sharing with him uh, his church is out in Salisbury, Elizabeth areas, is going really well, and he's got lots of staff and they're church planting and they're doing lots of things. And I said, give me, give me a leadership kind of uh, principle that, that you've used to help you to sort of grow the church. And he said something really interesting. He said this. He said, I was intentionally really bad at a lot of things. <laughs> now, if you went for a job interview and, and you said, you know, what are you, you going to bring to this? I'm going to be intentionally bad at a lot of things. <laughs> but what he was saying was that he was aware that he has weaknesses and he's not good at everything. Church is not designed to be a one-man band. And he intentionally was bad at things so that people who were good at those things thought, oh, man, I can do a better job than that. I'm going to step up and I'm going to rescue that area or I'm going to participate in it. I've got this um, book that uh, I've been reading to my children, particularly Jet, our youngest, and I like it because it says my dad is brilliant. And uh, it's a bit of a proud moment because pretty much on every page uh, I sort of fit in with it because I can sing like a pop star and, and I can, I'm a marvellous cook and, um, you know, I can run like a cheetah. Uh, but there's this <laughs> one particular uh, picture in it and it is this. I can play any instrument and I'm pretty good at playing lots of different instruments. But here we have a picture of a typical one-man band. A typical one-man band with the drum on the back, you know, the harmonica around the thing, the, the guitar, the things on the legs, whatever. Now, the thing about a one-man band is you, you've got, only got so many limbs and, uh, you know, mouth to, to, to do stuff. So you're trying to create 
Uh, you're trying to limit that limitlessness by, by using other parts of you to do things. The problem is, though, with a one-man band, is you are limited to what you yourself are able to achieve and the noise that you're able to make. Now, contrast that picture with this picture. Here we have a symphony orchestra where each person isn't limited by having to hold things but can use the one instrument with their whole being. And they can contribute to the sound and you've got a conductor there who is able to say when each person does their bit. Now, who here wants to listen to a one-man band, to the, to the music that a one-man band makes? It's a bit clangy and, like, it's pretty limited. Like, it's just the same, isn't it? You can only do one thing. But with Jesus, a conductor at the helm, and with each instrument playing their own part, what a beautiful, beautiful sound it makes. This is a picture of the church, people. It's not a one-man band. You can make a difference in this church. You have something to contribute as Jesus conducts and as he say, play your part, play your part. The sound that is going to come out of this place is going to be beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So we want to make a difference. This is the loaves and fishes analogy. So I want to, again, going to count to three, and I want you to, to say the words on the screen. One, two, three, in 2022, how can I make a difference in our church? So the third way we want to make a difference. Oh, Actually, I want to just... Just can I? I was talking with um, one of our insights team, and I, I was just sharing this this picture. And sometimes we can just think about what it is that we're doing, rather than maybe the question needs to be who it is that we're doing it with, or who we're going to be mentoring or partnering with or, or speaking into. So it's not necessarily just a question of what, but it's also a question of who. In fact, I was um, reading a um, book from John Maxwell, and he says, if you really want to make a difference, make a difference with people who want to make a difference. That's how you're really going to make a difference. It's going back to that one-man band thing. It's not about you on your own solitarily making a difference. But as a church, when you're making a difference with people that want to make a difference, that's when the making the difference really stands out. All right, the third place, you guessed it, it's pretty obvious, making a difference in our world. One, two, three, in 2022, how can I make a difference in our world? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. Obviously, we have a mission and we've got a partnership with John in Ghana in seeing the school built there, but also his church reached out into the villages. That's an obvious world thing that we can make a difference in and partner in. But we can also make a difference in our world as in our local communities, not just thinking globally, but thinking locally. In fact, 
Um, I've, I've heard a phrase and a saying that's really important. It's a good question to ask, and it's this. If our church closed down today, who would notice tomorrow? If our church closed down today, who would notice tomorrow? In other words, is this church actually making a difference and, and known and, and have a connection with community and the local world and what's happening out there so that if it was gone, people would say, hey, where's that church? You know, they were making a difference there. They were involved here and I, I knew people there. What, what happened to them? If we look at the picture of the early church in Acts, um, people were drawn to the Acts of the Apostles and what was happening uh, in that midst. So it's a good question to ask. How can you make a difference as you, as you personally make a difference in your life and go deeper in the things of God and then as you partner with others in the church and find your fit and, and uh, the, the puzzle man analogy, now we've got last year's vision. Have you seen how the last three years are all included here as we're building on, on the thing is the reaching out into our world. As we come together Sunday mornings, I want you to be encouraged in such a way that you leave this place ready to make a difference in your spheres of influence, in your workplaces, in your families, in your schools, uh, in your neighbourhoods. Literally, your neighbours next door to you would be changed because of the difference and the, the joy and the rejoicing that you've had as you've come out of being together. We haven't given up on the habit of meeting together, but we've spurred one another on, we've built one another up, and we leave and we go ready to reach out and to change the world. <clears throat> I've got two particular things as an examples of this that I really want to see get off the ground this year. Um, when we first moved into this facility, Carol and I walked around and introduced ourselves to the residents who are part of the complex here. And it was really interesting to hear uh, their perspective of this space, because many of them said, the one thing we miss is that they used to put on a lunch on Thursdays and we could all gather together and, and, and share in one another's lives in this space. And it was a free, free lunch. And I've had on my heart ever since hearing those things and ever, ever since thinking about the fact that God's placed us in this complex, uh, not only with residents but with businesses that come in during the week, how wonderful would it be to put on a fortnightly or monthly morning tea or lunch by the church for the community in this space? I'm excited about that, and I, I'd love if anyone else has has that heart and has that desire. And you go, hey, I want to make a difference in the world, and I'm going to I'm going to latch on to to that. I want to see that um, begin to happen uh, this year. I'm going to work towards making that happen. Um, there's a lady who runs a drama therapy um, business right, literally next door to us. And she rang me um, this week and said, I've got someone who is um, incredibly uh, timid and fearful and doesn't want to come in contact with any of the, the businesses and stuff. Do you mind if we use your door 
So this person can come and have therapy in my room and not meet anyone or come in contact with anyone. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> How cool is that? That someone who works here is reaching out to us as a church to partner with them to be making a difference. And when I was in conversation with her, I said, hey, look, we've got this space out the back here that we've just built, and we want to see this as a community space. We want to see... So if you've got, like, a workshop or you're having clients around for lunch, just come and use it. We want to see, like, a gathering of a, of a community here and actually use this resource that God has given us for his purposes to make a difference in our world. Another thing that is really on my heart, and again, it's going to require people to take hold of it and to step up, and maybe that's their fit. One thing this church did really well a number of years back, and I'm glad the person is here because Megan is here with us today, and she made a huge impact on many people's lives by running a playgroup uh, for, for young mothers of young children. And um, part of the difficulty was that it, we had to hire the place, they set up and pack up and volunteers and all that sort of thing. And I was, I was just thinking about our mums and bubs group uh, last year. And we've got facility, we've got outdoor space, uh, we've got a school just over the road with lots of young mums who would have drop their mums off and then have the younger ones with them. How cool would it be to make a difference in our world by having um, a playgroup, a real functioning active playgroup in the lives of our church? I think, I think that would be fantastic. And so there's just two ideas. And as we shared at our Mission Sunday a few weeks ago, we're looking for not just ideas from us, but ideas from you. You might have a stirring in your heart for something in our local community that you want to make a difference in with other people that also want to make a difference. You might find that as you have an idea, someone else also has the idea and someone else you could partner together with to change and to make a difference. You and I are called to make a difference. And I'm excited about this year and working with the leadership team at ways in which we can help you develop your personal life to make a difference in that area, develop your gifts and your calling to, to make a difference in the life of the church, to be a violin player or a <laughs> celloist or a flute player, whatever's your part. And we want to we champion you and cheer you on uh, if you have and want to partner with other people to make a difference in our world and in our local communities. I'm so excited about this year and I'm really, really looking forward to not only making a difference in my life but making a difference in your life and in the world that God has called us to. Can we stand together? I was thinking it would be really cool if we could hold hands, but I don't think that's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> but I just want to pray for us as a church. Uh, as we've cast this vision and as we've discerned what God is calling us to, 
I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit be speaking to you even right now. It might be an idea of reaching out. It might be a conviction of the need to restore a relationship or to go deeper into intimacy with Jesus. It might be seeing a need in the life of the church or something that the pastor is doing really badly <laughs> that you might go, hey, I really want to stand up and I want to make a difference. Can we do that now? Let's, let's just close our eyes and let's just look to him. Lord, thank you that we just sang the words, it's not I but Christ in me. Lord, we desire to make a difference, but we know that without you, we are unable to. Spirit, you're the one that inspires. You're the one that empowers. You're the one that challenges. And so, Holy Spirit, as we stand together as a church, as we've heard your call, Lord, we just pray for you to be working in our hearts right now. Bring to mind things in our own lives where we can make a difference, things in our church where we can make a difference, and things in our world where we can make a difference. We just pray right now that as we stand together as a church, that you'd be calling each and every one of us to outwork the purpose that you have for our lives, that we were called to make a difference, that we were created in Christ to do good works for him, that we should walk in them. And so, Lord, as we leave from here, continue to inspire us, continue to speak to us. And, Lord, we look forward and with faith, believing all the things that are going to be functioning and happening in the life of this church, in this community, in the people that are here. We thank you in advance for the wonderful things you're going to do and are going to continue to do as you build us up, as you encourage us in each other, as, as the word of God comes in us and through us, and as we leave this place to make a difference in the world around us. We pray your, your blessing and your empowerment on our lives now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, remain standing, and we're going to finish off this time by... Um, singing a song that asks the Spirit to empower us for this task. As I said, we have no strength in and of ourselves to do anything, but it's the Spirit in us that enables us to find those gifts, to find that passion, to partner with others, to make a difference in the world. So just remain in a... In a sense of prayer and open your hearts maybe you might want to just open your hands and as we sing just allow the spirit of God who's here to touch your lives just got this just feel like there's people here just feel like they're plateauing and that last year was even not necessarily plateauing but maybe falling backwards and they're struggling in their their personal walk and discipleship walk 
If that's you, as you, as you sing, you might not even want to sing. You might just want to let these words wash over you. And may you know that Jesus loves you so much that he wants you first and foremost, before you do anything, before you be involved in anything, is to come to him, to be held in his arms, to find who you are in him, and for that to be your first port of call. If, if that's you, if you feel like you're, you've plateaued, if you feel like you just you can't push through something, and, and you, 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 see, you see the wall of where you're, you're trying to get to and you can't even take a step. Would you just reach out and ask the Lord this morning, Lord, help me to just to take, be a little domino. What can I do to make a difference that's going to have an effect and going to grow me and help mature me and help me walk in my walk with you? So Lord, just pray for that person or people, maybe it's a couple of you right now, that as we sing this song, Lord, that you just fill them with your love. Lord, that your grace would be abundant. Lord, that they wouldn't look to the big domino, but they'd know that if they just pray to you every day, if they seek you in those intimate moments, that they'd be making the biggest difference for their lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. done in our lives, Lord, that we would follow after you, that we would desire and have a passion to make a difference for your name, for your kingdom, and for your purposes, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, that concludes our service this morning. Uh, if you are watching online, there's just in a moment there's going to be a slide in which you can uh, connect with us. Or if you have a prayer need, uh, feel free to text it through to that number. And our prayer team who are meeting in the prayer room would love to be praying with you. Uh, particularly if you've got come this morning with a need or you just want to uh, have something to, to, to pray with, just feel free to do that. Other than that, we just welcome you to have some fellowship time together. Uh, grab a coffee. Feel free to head out uh, to the back deck as well as uh, staying in here and just love to continue to mingle. And uh, if you've got some thoughts about this morning and you want to just talk through them, uh, feel free to do that as well. God bless you and thank you for being here.